0: Again, the special day this morning, celebrating motherhood with some, there he is, the big guy. How are you, man? (laughs) Huh? Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) Good to see you. Um, Some wit and (laughs) wisdom from uh, the mouths of babes and uh, what i'm going to read to you are actual answers from second graders in responding to these questions question why did god make mothers answer she's the only one who knows where stuff is <laughs> mostly to clean the house and to help us out there when we were getting born <laughs> that's why God made mothers why did God give you to your mother and not give you to some other mom answer because we're related (laughs) and because she know and because God knew that my mom would like me a lot more than other people's moms like me (laughs) question what did your mom need to know about your dad before she married him answer his last name answer she had to know his background like is he a crook does he get drunk on beer answer does he make at least eight hundred dollars a year did he say no to drugs and yes to chores What's the difference between moms and dads? Well, moms work at work, and then they work at home, and dad just work, dads just work at work. <laughs> difference between moms and dads, moms know how to talk to teachers without scaring them. Answer, dads are taller and stronger, but moms have all the real power because that's who you got to ask if you want to sleep over at your friend's house. Man, isn't that true? Question, what would it take to make your mom perfect? Answer, oh, on the inside, she's already perfect. On the outside, I think some kind of plastic surgery. (laughs) Like diet. You know, her hair may be blue. Diet? I thought that would go over better. Question, if, if you could change one thing about your mom, what would it be? Answer, she's got this weird thing about me keeping my room clean. I'd change that. Answer, I'd make my mom smarter so she would know it's my sister who's doing things and not me. And this is my favorite. Uh, I would like for her to get rid of those invisible eyes in the back of her head. Well, let's move on this morning from wisdom from the mouths of babes to the wisdom that comes from the Scripture, and I assure you this morning, we are going to need the wisdom that comes from the Scripture, because the theme of my message this morning is what women need from their families, what wives need from their husbands, what moms need from their kiddos. So follow with me uh, if you would in first Peter <clears throat> chapter three verse seven. First Peter three, seven. Husbands likewise dwell with them wives with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, I've given two titles to this message intentionally. The first title is, the, w- the Life I Give My Wife. And the second title is, My Mom's the Bomb. The reason for these two titles is this. The subject of the passage we just read is Intentionally and distinctively husbands. Hence the wife, the life, <laughs> the life I give my wife. But also in this passage, God is addressing needs of women. The needs of women that are deep, and the Lord is exposing those to instruct us. So, the title, My Mom's the Bomb. It's not just for husbands, husbands absolutely, but also it gives us insight and understanding in how we can love the women in our life. How we can best love our moms. We're going to find out Now listen, guys, we're going to find out this morning what it is your wife needs. We're talking about your wife and mine. We're talking about your mom and mine. We're talking about our daughters and our granddaughters and our grandmothers, the needs of women, the first need is to be understood. Dwell with them with understanding. Specifically, that can be defined as get to know your wife. It speaks of an intentional act on the part of men to get to know the woman you married. Women need to be understood. And there are a couple of very important aspects of understanding them that are brought forward in the text in the particular uh, wording that is used. For instance, This knowledge and understanding that we are to gain as men from the women in our lives, specifically our wives, is, first of all, progressive. There is this this continual aspect to it. It It is the repeated, persistent learning of your wife and your mom. In other words, guys, it's not just a one-time thing. You know what? I need to get to know my wife better. I, I think I'll ask her tonight what she thinks about me getting a new shotgun. What she thinks about uh, you know me upgrading that old pickup. And uh, I'll get her input on it, and that way I can get to know her better. It's not deciding one night that when she's talking to you, you're going to turn the volume down on the television program you're watching. It's not a one-time thing. (laughs) Don't go home and do it for a day. It It is a progressive realizing of the woman that God has entrusted into your life. Not only is it progressive, but it also has to be patient. Guys, admittedly, there has to be patience involved in it. Admittedly, this is not an easy task. Uh, But it is the calling from God. It's been proven over and over again that women speak 20,000 words a day. Men speak seven. Women speak three times more than men do every day. And some of the guys in here are thinking, well, that's their problem. No, (laughs) you know, it's not their problem. It's our problem. Because we are called to get to know them, to understand them. Just decide you're not going to be that guy. That if your wife walks up to you and says, Hey, you know, you, you don't pay attention to me anymore. You don't tell me you love me anymore. What's the deal? Don't be the guy that says, You know, I, uh, when I married you, I told you I loved you then and nothing's changed. And if it does, I'll let you know. Don't be that guy. You've got to be You've got to understand the difference and the heart of the woman that God has placed in your life. And not only is it <clears throat> uh, progressive and patient, but it is also particular. Now, please hear me at this point. It, it, men, God has not called us to understand everybody. Everybody. He's calling us to understand our wives in particular. You, you could go get a book on needs of women, and, and you could memorize the thing. But, and you could learn a lot. We all could learn a lot of things, but the point is, your wife is not a generic woman. I, I, I will never forget. It, it still kind of pains me. But when we first got married at, you know, every special event, I got Pam roses. Because I thought all women, I thought that's what they wanted, you know, was roses. I, Any time I got a flower to give my mom or whomever, I used roses. And so I got Pam, I don't know, for three or four years. And she finally said, honey, will you please stop getting me these roses? And I said, what? And she said, I don't really like flowers. Uh, I mean, not, you know, gift flowers because they die and, you know, and I, it, it shocked me. It hurt me. It set me back. I'm still pretty wounded by it. But, but you know, why I, I stopped buying her roses, you know. And I still give cruddy presents for some reason. Uh, there's always, like, a 90% chance that a present I get is gonna get sent back to Amazon anyway. So I just do what I want to. But, but anyway, so, but my point, my point is, my point is, God has called us to understand her, 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 her. Getting to know their heart. Not only do they need to be understood. They need to be valued. Peter says, giving honor to our wives as to the weaker vessel. Now, this may be un-PC. It may be unwoke. It may be out of line by some people. But somewhere logic will kick in and tell us that men are stronger than women. Right? I mean, Tyler Cable do come up here not really. I get tired of the dollar up here. No, men are stronger than women, men are bigger than women, men are faster than women. That's how God created us. But that's not the point of Peter's uh, wording. He he's not trying to match a woman against man, uh, it's like we are today. But he's he's trying to help us to understand that those things that are smaller, those things that are delicate, those things that are weaker, are many times more valuable than anything else you have. Right. That's right. And so his point is, give that special value to your wife. I <clears throat> want to share with you, I think I moved down the way, sorry about that. I th- I'll share with you a, uh, an article written by a young lady named Emily Pastor, who also is a, a pastor's wife. And I appreciated her insight and I want to share it with you. She said, I stood in line with my very pregnant belly as the checker asked if this was my first baby. Surprise filled her face when I said, no, it's my third. This June, I will have three children, four and under. Suffice it to say, I'm tired all the time. This stage of motherhood with small children is very physically and emotionally demanding. I love my family and work as a mom, but that doesn't mean the work isn't hard or taxing. Often my most basic needs take a back seat as I care for my children. For every day I fall into bed satisfied with a day full of snuggles and sparkly magical parenthood memories, there's another day which I see my brokenness and my failure to measure up to the perfect mother I always hoped I'd be. We mothers don't get performance reviews, there's no Voss standing by to give objective encouragement or constructive criticism. It's so easy to lose perspective and think that I'm the only one barely surviving some days of this wonderfully exhausting role called motherhood. On Mother's Day, I don't need a standing ovation, but I do need affirmation and support. I need to hear that my role as a mom to my children is hard, valuable kingdom work. Remind me that my unseen sacrifices and struggles are valued by God. I often feel undervalued, misunderstood, and looked over by a culture that applauds outward and visible contributions to society. So much of my work as a mother is hidden away in unseen moments of grace with my children. As I bend over with my tremendously pregnant body to pick up the thousandth crayon, I receive no applause When I respond patiently toward a tantrum-throwing toddler, no one says, way to keep your cool. I sacrifice and struggle because of love, and loving others is kingdom work. And I also need to hear that my work as a mom is valued by the church. Tell me that my baby crying in service is not an inconvenience or distraction, but an important reminder that the kingdom belongs to the childlike. Encourage me to give the small, ordinary, and mundane things to God and watch Him bless and multiply my efforts. Thank you for sowing the seeds of love in the souls of the youngest among us. Finally, I need support. After having my first child, I felt the desperate need for a mentor. I needed someone who had walked the path of motherhood before me to give me perspective and nurture my soul. I'm blessed with a godly mother of my own, I could go to for advice and support. But I know that every young mother doesn't have that. In my mind, a mentor is not someone who has all the answers or is a spiritual giant, but someone who's willing to listen and love. Because really, all a tired mom needs to keep going is a listening ear, a good cry, and some banana bread. I read that, and of course it takes you back to the times when your children were small and you forget the demands we forget how really hard it is to be a mom and to raise children today and finally A mom needs to be understood, to be valued, and then she needs to share in a family foundation of faith. Men, let me spell it out to us. We need not just to see our wives physically. We need not only try to meet our wives emotional needs but we absolutely have to start seeing them in the spiritual light as well because you see the woman you love in your home that's not just your wi- your wife it's not just your kids mom That is the daughter of God. And you know, I'm just going to tell you what my thoughts were as I prayed through and researched and, and dug into this passage. I'm going to tell you what God told me. <clears throat> I have a daughter. And she was our firstborn. Uh, she is our firstborn, and uh, I loved her so deeply, just like you love yours. You know what I'm talking about. And so, <clears throat> as she got older, we started having to talk about you know the age we'd let her date, and we settled on 32. But uh, we had to back off of that and told her 16. So the closer she gets to 16, dating and driving, I, man, I'm becoming, you know, a nervous wreck. And so I, I, I tell her, I said, sweetie, we, we need to have some rules about dating when you turn 16. And uh, I said, you know, like, like, if some guy comes to pick you up and we don't know him, we're going to meet him before you get in the car with him. And, uh, and I said, and then when he comes to the door, I'm going to hit him in the chest as hard as I can. And then if he can get up, we'll talk about it. She didn't go for that idea. So I only did it a couple of times. But I wanted whoever was going to be in charge or respond not in charge, but responsible for my daughter's care, I wanted them to know that what you're taking is the most precious commodity in my life. I, I would give it, I would trade a million dollars you are taking something so precious to me that if you're irresponsible or careless or in any way intentional to hurt her, there will be consequences to this. Amen. And then I began to realize. God thinking you think you love your daughter you think you have an instinctive protective yearning for your daughter you you think you want your daughter to be blessed and and to uh, grow up and Marry someone who will love her and, and take care of her needs and be a wonderful spouse and have children that will grow up in a happy home. You think you want that for your daughter? If you good, good things as a human father to your children how much more the Father loves us with the perfect love. Amen. So God's saying, you think you love your daughter and you want her to have this home with a spouse that will love her and you want to have this happy home And God will say, that's why I gave my daughter to you. That's why I put my daughter in this family. So guys, we have a heavy responsibility. Seeking to understand them valuing them and seeing them as a child of God. Thank you for joining us for this Highland Sermon from Dr. Johnny Funderberg. If you live in the Clovis, New Mexico area, we'd love to have you join us one Sunday at 10 a.m. We are located at 2201 North Main Street in Clovis. For more information about our church, visit highlandclovis.com. And to let us know a little bit more about you, choose the Connect tab and click on our online visitor card. You can also submit your prayer requests under the Connect tab. Lastly, follow us on Facebook at hbc.clovis to keep up to date with our announcements, events, and online services.